0: All right, um, good morning, um, I think I have just one person here, which is just all right, um, Odwai, you seem to be with us right now, um, although this was not scheduled to be a um, a gathering of people though, but I just wanted to use that as an opportunity to answer some of the questions on the Telegram group, and um, because I've been away for a while and I realized that the questions have heaped up over time. And I was thinking answering them one by one with different voice notes might be counterproductive at this time. So I'm just thinking of um, going through some of the questions. Um, obviously, I might not be able to answer every single question. And I even decided not to be answering every single question that um, is sent to the Telegram group because the truth is that the reality is just that um, some questions are just, I think for lack of a better word, maybe a little too basic. And uh, what I mean by that is uh, it would be great for us to use this platform as a as an opportunity to ask really unique personal, um, personalized questions in, in the sense that See the essence of a pl- a platform like this is to is to get us to get answers to those questions that we can't easily get when we Google or we can't easily get content to on YouTube or by going to the future. Um, that's the essence of having a Telegram group like this where we know we know the reality is there isn't a lot of content being made out there for Africans. And um, there there isn't a lot of content being made out there for Nigerians. There isn't a lot of people made out there for people that are residing in Lagos or residing in Calabar, you know, or residing in Abuja. And and that's why, that's the inspiration behind creating a, a platform such as this where you have the opportunity to have those uniquely African, Nigerian, lagosian if, you, if you're in Lagos or you're in Kaduna, you're saying those things that are like custom made for you. Well, you see, when we like, ask those questions that are like just at one search on Google, you'll get better answers than I would give. Then if, I, I don't think that Those are the questions that we want to try to address on this group. Um, So, that said, there aren't too many of them that fall into that category. There are a lot of good questions that people have asked, but I just want to make it clear that if by some chance, I do not answer your question. Um, It's not, some some of them I might have omitted, but most times, no it might just be the fact that i just feel like these are questions that we can go to the internet and just really get answers to this question so i just started today to have this live video chat and um, so anybody that's that's um, available can always can always join in i think it's open to everyone um, but today the public holiday, so I just think if anybody wants to be part of this, uh, th- this meeting right now, you are free, it's, it's open to you to to be a part of it. I'm at home right now. Uh, my kids might coming in time. So if you hear a baby crying, or you hear any of my kids coming, just let's just keep going because it's one of those um, not to, it, I didn't schedule this at all. Um, so I'm not going to be reading some questions. But before I go into reading some questions, there's, there's also something I want to point out here. And that's the fact that you know, um, it's great to have new people join. Jamie your happiness. So just join, thanks for joining us. Um, it's good to have new people join the group. Um, but you know, I just want to point out something. Um, and and this is a culture that we have, not just in design in the design community but in the business community generally in nigeria it's just this mentality of not being able to see 10 people gather without having that impulse to want to sell something to them you understand so it's so it, people have that very bad habit and i don't think it's a good business habit but it's a habit that we've cultivated over time that as long as there are people with my opportunity to sell to sell my stuff to them you understand and um, it comes across as desperate a lot of times, in my opinion. You see this mentality that people have that if you a telegram group and are other people, they're just gonna sell sell this your new product to them, sell this your service to them. But well, first, you need, to, you need to, to learn to study the room, and that's what this is where I realized that a lot of designers don't know how to study the room. And it's important that we learn how to study the room. We don't know how to study the room. Um, and what I mean is once once you join a group, just check out, is it, are you allowed to sell? Does the group give you that room to sell your product or to sell your services? Does the, does the group give you that room to share your information or to share your tutorials? Or to share materials or videos. You know, so so see so, so that ethic is kind of gone. That ethic is gone. There's very bad social ethics. And when we come to I'm talking about internet social ethics, where you, you you're going to a room and you, the person just joined, and the next thing the person is putting up and um, okay, check out my product on this. If you want to buy this, if you know, it's 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 a bad ethic. And you know, it makes me think how many how many things do you actually sell that way? You know, this desperation to sell? How much does it yield in the long run? So you know, and, and this is actually me asking a question, and it might be a rhetorical question for people to think about, just think that you just go to five or six telegram groups just selling, how many have you sold? And with the number you sold, how much of your life has it changed? And you know we need to start thinking about whether our actions yield the result we want, or we just keep doing these actions. So you see, a lot of times when I see people just join the group and they're just trying to sell their product or sell their service or say, "Oh, look at my portfolio," I, you know, um, at first I was getting upset, but then I started to feel a little bit of pity for them because what I see is desperation. And you know, you, you see, you are selling to people you don't know and who don't know you. How much can you sell? How much leverage do you have to sell to people that way? So you see, I, I just want to, I just want to ask people to please, you know, not every time you see, not, not every time you see people that you must feel the impulse to to sell to them to sell to them. When you see 10 people gathering, it doesn't mean it's time to sell a product. Sometimes it might just be a time to just sit down and listen to what they are saying. And see what can I learn? And when the opening does come for you to to sell a product, the opening will come, you understand? And then you'll see, this is my chance. They will be the one to ask, does anybody here do this? You see, this mindset that we have, that we are the ones, it's by our hustle, that you become successful is very untrue. Hustle doesn't make you successful. It doesn't, it really doesn't. And I know that my people here who will not believe me, but I'm telling you from experience, hustle doesn't make you successful. It doesn't. Positioning makes you successful. And positioning is not by hustling. Positioning is by believing. So I see a lot of people hustle, and it, dist- it, it, it troubles me a lot. It troubles me a lot because I realize that the more they hustle, the more you are eroding at your own se- sense of personal worth. Because then you Rejection is not something we human beings should position ourselves for. Because rejection erodes at your, at your est- You don't want to put yourself in a position where you are rejected often. Nobody wants to put themselves in that kind of position where they are rejected often. Um. All right, so I think that said, that's just a pleading with everyone that this is not a, a, a platform where we market ourselves. It's a place where we try to solve All right. I hope you guys can still hear me. Sorry, I had to change my network there for a while. Um, As I said earlier, I didn't plan to do this um, this session, but I just thought it's important since I had an accumulation of questions um, over over the past week that I have not been around. Um, And I said, sorry if you might hear some noise in the background from my kids or um, my kids. Yeah, because I'm at home right now. Um, All right. So. I'll, tr- I'll just try to go through some of the questions that I might have missed out on over the past week. Because I looked at it today and I realized that we had about 13 questions outstanding. So I, I'm not going through all 13 questions, but um, there are some that, that kind of stick out there to me and I just feel it would be a good opportunity to, to answer some of these questions. All right, so the first question I want to look at here, I just randomly picked this question, so please forgive me. Um, it's from Damilola. Lola, Dami Lola. says, good day sir, I need your suggestion. What are those PSD skills that are required to become better in product and packaging or unpackaged design? Examples. do you need basic or professional knowledge of photo retouching? I know that manipulation is very important. Um, thank you. All right. So, um, Damlala here is asking, what skills are needed for to be a product designer or a package designer? Um, PSD skills. So when you say PSD skills, the PSD could stand for a lot of things. Um, but um, what I'm thinking here, we are talking about like social psychological skills. Um, those are like more soft skills. So I don't think you're talking about, well, you might be talking about them. You might be talking about Photoshop too. Um, so maybe Photoshop, maybe um, softer skills, but I'll talk about technical skills and softer skills too. Um, product packaging, you know, product is such a broad word in today's world, um, product could be a lot of things. So as it regards what software you need to be a product person, that depends on what your product is. So you see, um, when I I think product, I think what whatever it is that you are giving the client at the end of the day. So if your product is like a flyer, now yes, you need to learn those um, design softwares like uh, maybe Photoshop, Coral Draw, Illustrator. If your product is like a logo, you need that you need that Illustrator, um, Coral Draw too, and maybe some Photoshop also. Um, If you are doing more of like web products and maybe a mobile app product. You might be looking at stuff like Figma, um, some Photoshop too, um, to, to be able to deliver. If that's your type of product. If your product is like motion graphics, then you're looking for um, Adobe um, After Effects. Um, you, you know, so, so it depends on what your product is. Um, so the tools, the tools are plenty. You understand depending on what your product is, the tools are plenty but you need to have some idea of some type of design tool if you are going to be a a product person or a package if you're going to be a product or packaging person anyway um, with packaging it's it's interesting um, because with packaging eh, is more than knowing tools packaging is packaging goes further than just understanding how to use a tool I think packaging goes deep into um, knowing materials. Do you understand? And that's what a lot of people, a lot of designers don't understand when they go into packaging. So we see packaging as how the container looks. But packaging is beyond that. Packaging is not just how the container looks, packaging is how the container feels. Packaging is how the container smells. Do you understand? Those things are packaging. So so it, it, it's how the container sounds when you open it. You understand? So packaging is, is such an amazing part of design. It's such an amazing part of design that deals with all five senses. All five senses, you understand? What it sounds like, what it smells like, sometimes what it tastes like, what it feels like. Um, you know. So it, 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 it's important that if you're going to be a, package, a packaging designer, you, you need to be alert you need to be alert on all levels. And you see um, someone like um, Jonathan Ives, who worked with um, Steve Jobs during his days at Apple as their chief creative director, was an incredible product packaging designer, you understand? So, um, and, and you see that him and Steve Jobs worked closely together, and they used to go through um, textures so you see, uh, when they, when when they spoke about white, they didn't just talk about white as the color. They talk about what type of white are we talking about? Is it like egg white? So does it feel like the texture of egg, or does it, or is it like plastic white? You understand? Is it shiny? You understand? Or is it matte? You understand? Is it hard? Is it brittle? So you know, packaging is something that you need to be very heightened in your. In your perception of material, you need to understand material. You need to understand material, and, and 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 you need to understand how to describe the feeling you are going for. You must understand the feeling you are the feeling you are going for, and that's what we don't understand in Nigeria. So just say shiny, but shiny. This shiny and smooth, or shiny and sticky, or shiny and you know. So 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 you really need to understand it. And and one good way you can build yourself as a packaging person is by is like going to your local supermarket. I think a supermarket is, is like a treasure trove for a designer, a supermarket, especially if you're into packaging or you're into identity. Um, I find supermarkets very, very inspiring. just going to a supermarket, very highly inspiring, highly motivating for me, to just going to a supermarket because you see different products, different um. Different types of designs, different types of packaging, different shapes of packaging, different um, um, texture of materials that are being used. Um, the market is an incredible place. If you can just go into one, a um, good enough, a permit that is that good enough in terms of standard. So when I think of one like maybe like a cash and carry here or a spa, or um, shoprite, you see, to those guys, you you would have a richer experience than just maybe just a corner shop. You understand where they can't really stock variety of items. Um, but then, just go to different places. You you would see how packaging, um, how packaging works in design. So you see, um, and, and the beautiful, beautiful thing about supermarkets is that there are different sections. So you can go to the the frozen section and just see how products are packaged there and what kind of material they are using there and how that influences the design. You understand? That would really help you um, go to go to the place, to the pastry section, go to the toy section, go to the, um, the toiletries. You understand? It's such such an interesting experience and it, that if you are opening your eyes going, which is, what, which is what I tell designers where, designers are only designers when they have a project, but you must be a designer every single time. So every time you go out you see how things are done and then you get inspired from that so um you see beyond all this photo manipulation that you're asking whether it's important i think the most important thing is how, how how observant are you how open are your eyes how open are your ears you understand how open is your nose as a designer it's not about the all those photo manipulation you can always hire somebody for that you understand can, oh you know the, oh, the real thing is your sense of perception as a designer um, how good is your sense of perception if your sense of perception is good then it will influence your work it will begin to influence your work um, another thing I want to ask is what books do you have what books do you have um there's a book I have on packaging design it's a very good book I've got a lot of inspiration on packaging design on that so you must surround yourself with books too on the subject matter of packaging design and product design. Um, but Dami, that would be my answer to your question. Um, the next question here I have is from Joanna. It is a very short question. It says, what, at what point in your career did you get um, that feeling of being a good professional designer and how long did it take? At what point in my career did I get the feeling of being a good professional designer? Um, all right. so. I, I think if, I, if, I, if I'm thinking back accurately enough, I think the, the first time I ever had um, this thought of, hmm, I think I'm good at this thing. I think um, um, I'm a bit better than the average person at doing this thing is when I was in school in Canada. Um, I think before I went to Canada, I, I was just experimenting. With design. Um, I knew I liked design, but for me, it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was a hobby, it was leisure. You understand? I um, remember I was designing in my house to my family. Um, there wasn't huge validation or feedback like, oh, this your work is incredible. No, 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 not really. People just knew that Tola was designing, but nobody really had time to really look at it and think whether it was good or bad. So um I think it was when I decided to go to school to actually study design in Canada that I really um began to understand that there was something there. And that's that's because my lecturers told me. Um, so when they saw oh, your work is really good. When they saw my work, they were like, Your work is really good. Oh this is nice, this looks good. You understand? Um they they were you no know, lecturers there are very different from lecturers in Nigeria. Huh? They're so different. They're so different, and it's just sad. It is sad um, because I remember when when I was in Abernham University, you know, we were, we were actually scared of lecturers. We were scared of lecturers like if we were in secondary school. That's sad. How can you be in high institution and be scared of your lecturer? That's sad. I mean, you, you you can you can reverence them, you can have some level of reverence for them, respect, but there should be cordial interaction where. Because how can you learn from someone whom you fear? And that's one thing that shook me when I went to Canada. You see, lecturers were approachable. They were approachable, super approachable, super friendly, um, super complimentary. So they would always reach out and just tell you, oh, your work is good. They would tell you, you understand? They didn't hide it from you. And and, and that was something I experienced, you know. They 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 always complimented my work and told me how good it was. And um, that was the first time I ever knew that there was anything special about me design-wise. I I always knew I was artistic. I knew I could draw, but I'd never done graphic design before. So um, the first time I ever heard someone say, your work is really good as a designer, was, was my lecturer. And it didn't happen once, not once, not twice, not three times. They said it as many times as they thought it. So there was validation, and that built some confidence in me. Um, and, and that's why you see, I, I have, I have a, a huge concern for design education here in Nigeria. Um, even the informal education, where people are meant to learn on maybe like a in a design community. I personally, I, I have a distaste for a community that is um, nasty, that is rude, where people are intolerant of, it. I, I don't like it. You understand? Because you, you, where they break people. Um, I, I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. But um, you see, people cannot learn in an environment where they are scared, where they are intimidated, where they are mocked. Um, so, I thank God for that Canadian environment where I was able to learn in a very loving, patient environment. Um, so. Yeah, that, 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 that was the first time. That's how I knew. And you're asking how long did it take? Well, before I traveled, I've been designing for about a year or a year and a half. Um, so it took a year and a half for me to to know that there was something special. You understand? It took a year and a half, but I had to leave Nigeria. You understand? But what I, what I'm saying is, your the people you hang around with is very important to knowing whether to knowing how special a person you are. Um and I, I advise you if you're in an environment where um where your esteem is constantly beating, then I advise you to just get out of that environment. I'm not talking about a challenging environment because challenges are good, but it's an environment where you have mocked your work is ridiculed. Really um there is no love. There is no patience. Uh, just leave. Just leave because it's going to do more damage than good. Um, um, I remember when I got to when, when I was in university, my first year in university it was such a hard environment. I I really hope the university has changed right now. For me, it was such a hard environment, and I remember at the end of my first year, I remember one day I just went to my room and just said, "I want to go back home. <laughs> I'm just I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of this university. This is not what I get." Know I signed up for because it was such a hard environment, and I remember wanting to leave. And someone talked to me the other, someone talked to me that day and told me you can't leave, you can't leave, man. Your parents, number one, where you stay is like hundreds of kilometers away from Ife right now, and um, you you are, you are in this thing already. Um, where do you want to go from there? You understand? So I, I just stayed, not because I, I stayed out of a burden of not knowing what to do next, but my mind was never in the university system. And it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate um, how many people are stuck in those kind of university environments where where their esteem is constantly battered, their esteem by, some, by one lecturer or the other, you understand, who is meant to be there as a mentor to teach these people to, to know themselves, to see the value in themselves, is the person, he or she is the person killing that value within them. I think that's sad, that's the saddest part of it. Um, so I'm very grateful that God gave me the opportunity to, to meet people that were kind and um, were able to tell me what they thought was unique and good about me. And that's why I'm here today doing this thing because of the confidence they put in me. And I, I guess that is my own personal uh, mission too, to be a voice to somebody out there to be able to say there's something special about you Um, because that's where it starts from, that's where it starts from. Once you feel special, you begin to do special things. If you don't feel special, no matter how special you are, you won't do special things. So um, we must be able to find people that identify what's special about us and when you find them, stick with them, don't never, never take them for granted, stick with them, people that make you feel special. Those are the people that make your life matter at the end at the end of the day all right so thanks joanna for that question i hope that answers your question um let me scroll through for some more questions There's was a particularly good question i saw um all right this is here it is christopher now christopher sent me this question on um on whatsapp And you also sent me the question here too. So Christopher, your question is, greetings sir, I trust you are well. I listened to your podcast on the subject of don't be a 40 year old solopreneur. Here is a question I would like to ask if you are free to answer. Number one, I'm turning 28 in a couple of weeks and I'm looking at getting married at the middle of the year okay um i i did quite the the business okay i think it says quit i think what it says quit business. i did quit the business i started because it was time to it was time for some specific because it was time to for some specific reasons um, so he quit his job um um and got another job okay so okay he quit his business to get a job now he's turning 28 and he's going to be getting married sometime next year all right so there's no question here yet so the question is will starting a young family affect my ability to build a business because what that's exactly what i want to do what do you advise sir all right, so I'm going to try to read through this um, Christopher's question to get what he's saying, to break it down. Christopher, you're you are turning 28 in a couple of weeks. Now you said this thing a while ago, so I don't know if you've turned 28 yet, but you also plan to get married next year. So you've quit your, your business. That means you are running a business. You've been running a business so far. Now you've gotten a steady job. Let me just say the steady job and you quit it for some reason, but you don't even know why, you, you didn't specify why you quit the, but you don't even know why you quit, uh, you, you didn't specify why you quit the business in the first place. All right, so the question you're asking is, will starting this family, which you want to start next year, affect your ability to build a business? Um, all right, so I think one of the first questions is, why, why did you quit? See, it's hard for me to answer this question without having a, a clear context of why you why you actually quit the business. Why did you quit the business? You, you've not said you, for some specific reason you quit the business to get a job. So why? Because from what you are saying right now, when you get married, you want to go back to the business because what you are saying will starting a young family affect my ability to build a business. Um my 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 question is you're getting married next year. that's a, a couple of months time at most twelve months, you understand you'll be getting married. So why did you quit the business? why did you why do you create this gap when when you're not going to be committed to this job that you have secured for the long run, why did you create a gap? why? Because, you know, I tell people this. eh? Businesses take time to be successful. Businesses take time. And if I could advise anybody, anytime, any day, I would say, start building a business while you are still single. No commitments, no spouse, no children, just you. Businesses, businesses take time to build. Businesses take time to to be successful. That's it, that's the truth. And um, it's it's always best to go into starting a business when it's just you, when you're not responsible for other people. You understand, and when other people's lives are not really that anchored into yours yet um, I, i'm very grateful i started my business before i got married i don't know if how i could have started it now i don't know how because it's hard business can be a very scary nerve-wracking thing it is and you know you need if you're going to go into it married then your, your wife needs to understand how scary nerve-wracking it is too Um, because their lives will be affected. The lives of your wife and your children will be affected and they need to understand why they are making these sacrifices too. They need to understand. And even getting them to understand takes time. Especially if um, your wife is not, um, doesn't have an entrepreneurial mind, you understand? Then it's, it's hard. If she doesn't come from a background of entrepreneurs, um if if both her parents worked a job nine to five, brought money to the table, steady salary at the end of the month. It, you no, know, it, it's going to be a very, very, very strong mental shift for her. And it's better for her to have that shift going into marriage than have that shift after marriage. So um my biggest question is why why you quit your, your business? You know, start to get a job going to marry because now your 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 wife is getting married to somebody that has a secure job in quote she's not getting married to an entrepreneur she's getting married to to a guy who has a job so she's not going to get married I'm gonna twist that on her that's that that might be a challenge I, I don't know what the relationship with her is but you know mm, it's better to going to marry just seeing what you're going to so it's, so her knowing I'm getting married to an entrepreneur um it doesn't it doesn't make money at the end of every month. Sometimes it doesn't make money for six months. You understand? It's better for her to, to go into marriage knowing this than for her to um go into a situation of you trying to build a business. Now that said, I'm not saying it's impossible, it's very possible. Um, but the good thing is that you know right now what you plan to do. I feel one thing you need to do is have start talking with your wife about it about this your plan and get her take on it, you understand? Tell her, oh, you, you you plan to quit this job after you guys get married, what does she think about that? And get get her take, get her take, you understand? A very honest take and you guys can really talk about it because coming to this, this your question, will starting a young family affect my ability to build a business? Yes, that's the truth, it will. Um, it doesn't mean it's impossible, just that it's easier for a young single man to make certain decisions and to travel at the drop of a hat and stay out late at night, you understand than for a newly married man to do those kind of things. When you get married, your your wife needs you. When you start having children, your kids need you, you understand? So. Um, Sometimes it's better to get all those all those really adventurous parts of business out of the way before before you get married, or at least let them know you with it before you get married. Let your family know you with it, you understand. Um, so it's, it, it I, I believe the way forward, Christopher is to sit down with your wife, talk to her, um, tell her what you plan to do about quitting this job, make sure she understands it. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah, th- th- that's what I would advise you to do going forward with this. Um, if you if you celebrated your birthday already 28, congratulations, you're still very young. That's the great thing about it, you're 28. Um, st- look, if you don't want to be in this job, I don't, I wish you had stated the reason why you had to close your business, but if you don't want to be in this job, 28 is your best time out of that job right now and start building your business 28 start building that business maybe by the time you're 38 you'll be in a place where you can step back a little bit more spend time with your children and you you have some other people running the day-to-day things of the business for you and you can really enjoy your family but do it now at 28 don't work a job now and then hope by 38 You start building a business, when your family needs you, then you have things backwards that way. All right, so I I hope that helps you, Christopher. Um, Let me see if I can take one more question here. There's so many questions. Let me see if I can take one minute. Let me just check. Any more questions? There are definitely more questions. One minute. Okay, so there's this question from Paul Ike, Paul, I met Paul sometime last week at an event I, I attended. And yeah, that's what he's saying right here. He's saying, good morning, Mr. Tola, so that you are attending Design Think this weekend. So that was last weekend. Um, it will be great to meet up with you. Yeah, and it was great meeting up with you. Um, my question is how best can one prepare for such meetups to get the maximum out of it? That's a good question. Um, meetup, design meetups, design hangouts, design seminars, um, design workshops. How how best can you prepare for it? I, I like the fact that Paul has asked this question because it's one of those questions that we, we don't feel we should ask. How do you prepare for a meetup? Just dress up and go, you that know what people just feel meetups you just dress up and go no just don't dress up and go for meetups or else you just go there and at the end of the day you're like what did i get You can apparently point at anything you've got gotten and you just realize that you spent five hours you spent your transportation you weren't you know you spent your your hunger on it um now okay i i, I think one of the things about this design meetups is um first of all you must know why you are going So not every design meetup is for you, not every design seminar is for you, not every design hangout. Just because it says design doesn't mean it's for you. And that's where we must learn to really manage our time. Not every every resource, not every content that says design is for you, not every person that says they are design leaders or teachers are your teachers, not every design book is a book for you. It depends on what you are looking or where you are in your personal journey and what you are looking to get. So um, when you see a design meetup, number one thing, is there somebody on the lineup there who maybe you've been following? That's, that's gonna be your opportunity to hear from the person directly, you understand? Now, even that said, you need to ask yourself, is there a need for me to be there because this person is there? So you know, it's, it's a matter of why do I need to see this person physically? You understand so it, so it now becomes a oh i want to take a photo and that, that's not that's a bad reason you understand it just you just feel like i've been listening to this person i would really love to take a photo with them you understand i just really love to take a photo with this person i listen to every day or every weekend you understand or oh, for the past five years that's great it's good to take a photo that's good you understand and you know sometimes it can save you some time so by the time the person comes and you meet the person outside Sir, can we take a photo, take a photo? You don't have to stay in many three hours in that place. That's the truth. You understand? You've gotten what you wanted. You wanted that photo. Sometimes you want to ask a question directly. You say, you just want to ask them a question. You're like, oh, I always wanted to ask you this question, Ma. Can I get to ask you? You understand? And you know why you are going. Um, I, I also feel you might also want to know what, what, what's, the, what what's the subject matter? Subject matter is very important. So what are they talking about? Making money as a designer? Um, or are they talking about other softer skills whereby they're talking about um, networking or they're talking about um, the future of design? You understand? And that's something that's been on your mind. So does the subject matter appeal to you? So the subject matter appeals to you by all means, but if they're gonna go to talk about um, Nigeria in 2023, from the design angle look you are not interested in that you understand they're talking something more political something more tech based like i'm not interested in that you understand you don't need to be there You understand? even if there are people that you follow or that you respect the subject matter doesn't really appeal to you you don't need to be there um so so, so if you want to get best out of it you need to know what you are going for if for you what you want to do is just a place where you can hang out with creatives and you guys can get to eat and drink and play games together. Then you must look at that promotional material. do they say eat and drink and play games? Then you go there. That's a good reason to go there. You understand? Just want to figure out to hang out. You want to make friends. And that's where people, some people don't consider that enough, you understand? Just saying, oh, I want to meet new designers. So you must do your due diligence to, to, to also check out, is this the first? edition of this program. Are there are there other ones? And then you check, you check the, the organizers, their social media, if they have other ones, how the one last year, how did it look like? You understand? What did it look like? How many people were there? You understand? So you, you need to be able to um to check. You understand, check what the president has been and say, oh, it looks like a fun environment. It looks like they had fun. I want to go you understand sometimes you if you feel like if there's somebody that you want to hear from there and you want to see this has happened to me before too um so someone invited me for a program and i went um but they told me was he told me it was online They told me because I was, the program was in lagos i was in abuja and they said um could i come and speak and i said i can't come to lagos so They said, no, no, no. then you just be talking virtually and i said oh that's cool i'd love to do that and i I went I I attended the program, but then I I now had people were contacting me after the program, and they now said, "Ah, sir, I was so disappointed." They said, "You're going to come. We're here. I wanted to take a photo with you. I wanted to meet you." Then I was like, "Nobody told me anything." You understand? And that is where you need your due diligence. If you're there to meet somebody, someone you admire, someone you respect, you can reach out to them and tell them, "Would you be there in person?" Or are you going to be attending virtually? So, you don't, if the person going to be attending virtually and it's an opportunity to pay for virtual attendance, then pay for virtual attendance. But some people will pay for physical, then people they want to see are not there physically. And they're now totally disappointed. I can imagine how disappointed I would be if I paid the extra for something physical and the person I wanted to meet is now virtual. You understand? So, um, do, you, do your due diligence. Write them, write them an email or uh, DM them and tell them, oh, I saw that you'll be attending this. Would you be there physically? Cause I would really like to meet you. I would like to take a photo with you. I would have to have a five minutes conversation with you. And then they will tell you that, look, um, I won't be there. Then you know that you should do yourself. There's no need for you to be there. Just listen to them if you have to at all. Um, so that would be my advice, Paul, on how to make um, time, uh, how to make um, get the maximum out of this meetups that um, we organize from time to time. But that's a good question. All right. So, um, okay. So there's there's a question here from D2 lower Crypto. It says, good evening, sir, Mr. Toller, and my fellow students. Please, sir, I'm new here and we'll love to ask your support. All right i um, a graphic designer yet to become a pro please sir i want to start earning with my skills but i don't know how to how to go about it can someone put me through all right so d2 welcome to pro masterclass telegram group um all right so you know d2 you said something here you said you are not a pro yet all right so when people use this word pro i think about it now you know you know there's a difference between being professional and being an expert two different things a professional is someone that does something for a living that is his profession now whether he's good at it or not that's a different discussion altogether an expert is someone that does something and does it very well the go-to person at doing this thing so there are two different things so is it that you are not a professional or you are not an expert so if you say you're not a professional it means that you don't do graphic design for a living nobody pays you to do it and i think that's what i, I, I think you are quite accurate with the word you've used because you said you want to start earning money so you're saying you're not earning money so that kind of hints that you're not doing this thing professionally yet my first advice to you um d um, is if you need money if you're doing graphic design from the mindset that you need money urgently Mm -hmm. i would say go and learn go and learn under somebody who is offering graphic design as a professional service and what i mean is i don't know what your skill is yet have you learned graphic design to the point whereby you can tender um like an application somewhere saying i'm a graphic designer i want to i don't mind working here you understand so i don't know what your skill if you have that skill whereby you have basic graphic design skills i would say go to a place that might be established and established can be anything established just means that person already has the confidence to already put their own service out there and tell the person you want to learn You want to intern, or you want to be employed as a graphic designer, you understand? And then you begin to, there are two things you begin to learn by doing that. You begin to learn more about the technical part of graphic design as a service that is tendered for money. You begin to realize the amount of detail that people put into it, they're crossing their T's and dotting their I's and um, you, how to position yourself, how to interact with clients, how to charge. You begin to learn all those things um, when, you, when you go and you're mentored by somebody. So you learn two things. You learn the technical stuff and you learn the social stuff. You understand? So um, I, I would say, find some way to be employed as a, design, as a graphic designer first. They might not be paying you incredibly well, But what they're not paying you incredibly well in terms of money they are paying you in terms of exposure to how to work as a professional because the only way to earn as a professional is to work as a professional and the only way to work as a professional is to learn how to work as a professional so you must learn from somebody you understand so i i would say the mistake a lot of people make is that um they go straight into setting up their business, um, and I'm not saying it can't work that way, but you would make a lot of mistakes and um, mm-hmm. you have a lot of stories. You understand? Because it's not, there's nothing shielding you. That means you'll be you'll be actual, You'll be using real life client work as experiments, and I don't see how you won't get into trouble a lot first before you finally learn the ropes. You understand? And I, I know some people that have done it that way and they've they've been arrested by the police. You understand, the client has brought police to them and they've learned from that how not to do something. But that's a very costly way of learning how not to do something by being arrested. You understand, Um, some people have been insulted. Some people have been beaten, you understand. So you don't want to learn, so you you want to learn that way. That's too too hard a way to learn. So you want to go and find employment somewhere. Get employment somewhere. Um, Offer yourself, you understand. If you really need money, tell them, they mm, can just pay you this for your transport, for your feeding and stuff. This is not the time to get greedy, you understand? This is not the time to, to start thinking of the kind of house you want to build or kind of car you want to buy. No, I, I think the learning phase is very important. So you, what I'll tell you, Dee, is find, find a place, a graphic design center around you there where you can learn more of the skill and learn more of the business stay there a year a year and a half two years if you you enjoy it stay there longer but then when you feel you have learned and you feel like if you built your confidence then you can go out there and start your own and then to be less risky starting yours. um yeah so those are my thoughts i wish you all the best in your journey d um i think those are all the questions i'll be able to answer today um i want to thank everyone who has taken time to be yeah, um, I said it wasn't meant to be a, it wasn't meant to be one of those, it um, what, what, what was just one of those impromptu things. But I'm glad some people were able to join. Um, I'll still put the recording on the group for those who might want to listen to it. Um, so thank, thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Cornelius. Thanks, Shiny J. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Abdus. Thanks, Toheeb. Toheeb, um, I'll still be seeing you tonight at the Academy. Um, Ifoma, thanks for joining. Simon, thanks for joining. And Joseph Tochi, thanks for joining. All right, enjoy the rest of your holiday, guys.